0: Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach pay me what I'm worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are.
1: This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show, and I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today.
2: Cal Davis, Lewiston, Maine. Howdy,
3: y'all. This is terrific Tanya Heathco from the beautiful state of Tennessee, wishing you better brain health.
2: Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania.
3: This is Shirley May, Cincinnati, Ohio. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota.
4: Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada.
3: Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha, this is Cheryl from Hawaii.
4: Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley
1: in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year.
5: And finally, aloha. Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marcia's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. So as we kick it off, I want to hear stories about accomplishments and what it felt like to accomplish something big. Chris, you're about to dive into an example.
4: Yes, there's actually a story when I was working at. McDonald's There was a young lady there who used to torment me and try to get on my nerves all the time and I'm talking every time I would come in she would start purposely annoying the living hell out of me and I put up with this for about six months one day I finally lost it on her and I literally humiliated her because she wouldn't leave me alone and I'd finally had enough I had said, I've been doing this job for a year. I'm not being treated the way I feel that I should be treated here. So I quit right then and there, and I left. Because I just couldn't handle it anymore. It was too much for me. And I felt like that was an accomplishment, that I had enough self-control not to do something that I would have regretted later on.
2: If you're familiar with Toastmasters, there's different levels you rank up. And the first level you rank to is Competent Communicator. It took me a while to get through my 10 speeches, not because I was bad, but because I would change employment, or because I would run out of speeches, or because I would run out of time. But I finally was able to get my Confident Communicator, I think last week, or the week before that, so I'm really excited with that.
5: (laughs) How easy is it to paint a room? It's not. No, It's not.
6: (laughs) You just take a bucket of paint and throw it on the
4: wall.
6: What? You said you wanted to look
5: decent.
4: Oh, oh, oh. Oh.
5: (laughs) How many steps does it take to paint a room? From literally the moment you think of painting the room to the moment that you're sitting there going, oh, look at what I've accomplished. How many steps would you say there are?
4: You got to move everything out of the room, you got to lay down paper. If you've got carpet, you got to tape down a bunch of paper and cardboard so you don't get paint on the floor. You got to make sure that you're choosing the right color. You got oh, it's ridiculous how much steps there are to painting your room. It's a real pain in the ass, I find.
5: So, since painting a room is a pain in the ass, for those who have completed their timeline, how big of a pain in the ass have I been? <laughs>
4: I'm half done. I got 50% to go, and the relationship one has been the most trying for me because I got to go way back in my head and figure out it's a lot. I got to really be in depth with that part of it, and then the worth timeline is going to be huge too. So those two parts are going to be really, really huge. And yes, it is a pain in the ass, teacher. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Why do you think
6: I'm bringing all this up? I like to take personal responsibility for my own stuff. So just a general pain in the ass.
4: Yeah. As it, it goes. Yeah. But yeah.
6: It's all of this stuff is going to be too. And in order
5: for you to discover something about yourself, it could be difficult. Pain in the ass it
6: is. Yeah. I'm in. So Anyone else?
5: I'm updating my yeah. skills list. Another bullet point on my skills list. Pain in the ass. Okay, got it.
6: <laughs> Along with the vibrational flow, what Chris said. I could be more concise and say that you're a brilliant motivator and that that you have all different ways of motivating individuals that people could conscrew to be a pain in the ass.
1: (laughs) Well, the way I look at my timeline, it is going to help me clear the air with everything, and that's why I'm doing it. Because once I can see everything, hey, I can move. I can flow. I can just let it all go. It's done. It's already done in the past. I can start new. And that's the whole reason why I'm doing that timeline.
5: It's a chore. You will be pleased to know that once you get to a point to where you've made your first pass through this Chapter 4, we're almost there, we're going to get into our crystal balls here at the end of our class time, getting ready for our next piece of our timeline. But before we get there, Marcia, being that you're now on to Chapter 9 in Team Clarity, therefore you're well ahead of the game, is this statement true or false? Once you got past Chapter 4, it was like getting to the very top of the roller coaster, because starting with Chapter 5, all the way through where you're at now, It's like that screaming ride down the roller coaster.
1: Absolutely. That's true. It's so true because once you get that timeline done and you can see everything, you have made space for what's to come. And the rest of it just becomes easier because we're integrating right now. During that integration, we don't even know that we're going through these changes. All of a sudden, it's just there. We've changed. And that's the whole purpose.
5: (laughs) Part of our secret sauce, ladies and gentlemen, is as we become more awake and aware through our efforts, as I become more awake and aware through my efforts, that which needs to shift, shifts. It just starts. That's the sauce. It happens. So for those who lightly dust chapter four, meaning they might read it, they might ponder it, they might think, well, that's a unique way of looking at things. They avoid the paper, the pencils, the crayons, the markers, the post-it notes. They really don't get into chapter four from a tactile level. It's more of a mental journey down memory lane. They will get about 0.001% of the result of chapter four. It will certainly help trigger awareness, but by no means will it have the punch that when the efforts put into it and the result of those efforts such that coming aware of how relationships interacted with health, interacted with finances, interacted with mentorships, interacted with the whole bigger picture of themes and patterns, there's a magic. That begins to happen and the only way that that magic happens is through the effort put into the process.
1: Can we have a discussion about how you started the timeline and what you came across as you started doing it? What feelings came across? What developments happened as you were doing your timeline?
4: the financial part, I was like, wow, for all those years that I was in between jobs, I actually made quite a bit of money. I had other sources of income. (laughs) I made more money than I thought I did. It was actually really refreshing to know that after adding everything up, I've made quite a bit of money in my time, on my financial timeline, so. Did that surprise you,
1: Chris?
4: Yes, it did, actually. It did. I know in 2016 I've got to be a little bit smarter with my finances and i got to start saving more, for sure. Sometimes I buy things I shouldn't buy at the time, and I know that I should be saving more money, so I'm going to make sure I do that more in 2016, for sure.
1: You noticed a pattern that you can change for yourself.
4: And it's usually groceries or it's booze. I don't impulse buy clothes or candy or anything like that so it's just uh, there are ways I could be a lot smarter with my money I'm gambling on sports a lot less too so yeah those are some things I'm going to change
1: needs versus wants okay yep Carolyn, Rick how about you anything when you started doing your timeline any patterns that you noticed
6: I didn't really see any definite patterns until I started sort of looking at it a little bit more. And I saw the pattern of, which I, I kind of realized, that, that when I didn't have a job, I made more money. So, <laughs> <laughs> when I didn't have a steady job and all my time wasn't taken up with surgery, I sort of figured out that I used more of my creative abilities and my hobbies and other ways to make money, and I made more money and actually had more time and more freedom. So I could see that pattern definitely in my timeline.
3: With me, the pattern that I picked up was every time that I would do any personal development, like positive seminar or anything that would develop me personally, then soon after that, I would notice that there would be a whole lot of changes in my life. I would start doing a lot of different things that I hadn't done before, and a lot of things would start moving. So that was my big interesting thing that I noticed about mine.
1: Hmm. What I noticed about mine was for years, and I mean years, I had always been giving, giving, giving. Giving to the point where it hurt me even financially. So that pattern, definitely, I recognized that I was like, whoa, I let people stay at my house for free for months. Whoa, look at all the times that I helped somebody if there weren't problems with me doing that at times where people started just taking advantage. So I recognized how many times I allowed people to take advantage of me on my work, on my timeline. Wow. That was a big eye-opener. So many times. And this was years. The pattern was for years. I hadn't learned that lesson for years. I just kept allowing that to happen. And that was a big aha and wake-up call for me. Definitely. Definitely. So how about any other parts of your timeline, like relationships? Chris, you said you were having some problems with that part of your timeline? You mentioned, Chris, that you're going to get more in-depth in the relationship part of your timeline?
4: It's going to be painful. I don't know if I want to dig that up, that part of it anyway.
1: So you're telling me that you're fearful of digging into the past relationships that you have
4: had. Especially with uh, the intimate relationships, yes. Not friendships and stuff, no. But the other stuff, yeah, that's going to be... Yeah, I really want to leave all that stuff alone.
1: Well, Chris, I'm going to invite you to explore that. Because, remember, it's already past. It does not have to haunt you. It's already done. It's past.
4: I guess it's just because I'm alone right now, and that's the fruits of that happening. And that's really tough to swallow, so anyway.
1: Well, if you need our help, let us know.
4: Of course, yeah, I will.
1: So Rick, how about you? With relationships.
6: I learned that my family, the family that I have, I have five sisters, and my mom is still alive. She's like 70-something, that... I've attempted to put a lot of time and energy into the relationships, and uh, they're not really reciprocated. That I realized from doing the timeline that, in fact, that my mom kicked me out when I was 13 years old, and since then, no matter how I tried to develop a relationship with her again, it's never happened. Even though I lived there on the same property with her for five years, it just seemed to deteriorate. So, reminded me of that on my timeline. Right around that time in November, it was my birthday. And usually I call my mom or something like that. But I'm I'm like, you know what? Why would I call my mom on my birthday? I don't give a shit about my birthday. I never have. And if other people care about it, that's good for them. But I don't really care what day it is. So it reminded me not to call my mother. (laughs) 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 Sounds like a bad thing, but it's really a good thing because when I told my mom, hey, I found something I'm interested in, and it's this class that I'm taking it's personal improvement she's like what the hell would you want to do that for what good is going to come out of it I'm like I don't know but I want to do it I'm going to do it well good luck with that so I don't really want to be around people that at least aren't somewhat encouraging like soul said the shot across the bow or something like that but the shot across the bow I guess she was standing like where I was shooting you understand right Like it knocked her right into the water. It just keeps knocking people into the water, okay? The personal development part. Right. Continually. And I had been knocking them into the water myself before this class, but I had tried to turn it around. But then I realized that I need to put my energy into the people that love me and care about me and actually support me. I mean, come on, let's face it. I mean, for me, I don't know about anyone else. but.
1: (laughs) I agree. I really agree. Well, you've
6: discovered things like that. I agree. I I don't know about if Chris has, but...
1: (laughs) I just wrote in my blog that I don't have time to let somebody suck my good energy. I just don't have that time and play the childish games that they want to play. I just, hey, I'm sorry. And it does not bother me, in the least, either, to say what I have to say. And if they can't respect what I'm going through, but this is the way it is for me. Absolutely. How about you, Cheryl, when it came to relationships? Anything pop out in your head as you started looking at the relationships on your timeline?
3: One of my things that popped out was my second marriage has rippled throughout my whole of my life. He had two kids when we got together, and I treated them as my own for the entire time, and, well, for as long as they had wanted to be in my life. When we got divorced, the kids, although they were not mine, wanted to go with me. But, of course, they had to go with him. But they continued to be in my life for many, many years. There was a boy and a girl. And the girl, I always treated her, both of them, just like they were my own kids. One of the ripples that happened was she got close to my mom and dad, and then she was taking care of my father while I was out of the country and everything. And Uh it all backfired on me because I trusted this person that I had taken care of all of her life. I trusted her with my father and his care and stuff in the assisted care facility. And here, the person was totally ripping my father off and me off. I never have figured out why, but that ripple was from keeping things in my life from a long time ago that maybe I should have cleaned out. (laughs) So it was kind of an interesting thing for me that something that had happened so long ago then I saw it later. And the sun is actually coming back into my life now too. So it's real interesting. It's very interesting
1: how everything
3: ties way back on the timeline and everything.
1: So did you notice a pattern or a period of time where you had trouble trusting after
3: that? Oh, yeah. Every day since then. Wow. I have not. I, I will never trust the way that I trusted anybody before. I trusted this person. I raised this person. I loved this person. And that person hurt me probably more than anybody in my entire life. Oh so, yeah, now my trust issues. Is totally, I'm not trusting <laughs> too many people. In <laughs> other you know, words, um, you
1: learned your lesson, and you're going to be
3: very cautious the next time. That wisdom oh, bank is filling up. Yep, absolutely. Yep, you can't be too cautious, no matter who it is. Whether it's somebody that you've known all your life and loved them and given them unconditional love, it doesn't matter. You have to really watch who you trust. When it really comes down to something really important going on, like me getting my father to come and live with me and everything, you can really see who you can trust and who you can't trust. The people, you know, it really shows their true colors.
1: Right. As I was looking through my timeline at the relationships, I definitely could see that pattern of the true colors coming out in people. Yes, I agree. What about major events like storms or maybe a major family event? Anybody start working on that yet? I had been through two hurricanes. <laughs> and then the house was still standing, but I'll never forget those. Also, when we were on vacation, I was on the Big Island when the volcano went off. That was so awesome. I know that sounds funny because as we were going down the mountain, as we heard on the news that the volcano just blew, we turned right around and went back up because we wanted to take pictures. (laughs) And we could only go so far, and the military was there to escort us, and we got to see action That was just amazing seeing all the lava flows. We were there before the scientists got there. (laughs) It was very, very cool. What I did realize is that after that, I'd say when I got pregnant with my third child, I started to have asthma. And I think that I really started to have asthma because I was there on the scene when that volcano blew off and all the poisonous gases and everything. So I noticed some things, definitely. And that kind of affected my health for a bit. I had a battle with asthma for a whole year where I was miserable, and I went to a specialist, and that specialist really helped me. And I had not had an asthma attack since then. So I really am happy with the
3: results for that. It really does affect the air and a lot of people, and if you were that close to it and that much stuff blowing around, that you probably did breathe in quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: My big storm was when my daughter Virginia was born. She was born with beta strep, and we had a midwife deliver her. She was too long in the birth canal.
3: I was in labor for 30 hours.
6: I couldn't remember how long it was, but so she had to go to the emergency room because she wasn't breathing properly. The baby. The baby. Mother was fine, so I went with them and uh, watched every move they make because I don't trust people in the medical field because I've worked with these people all my life, literally all my life. So they took her in the NICU, which is neonatal intensive care, and I watched them. They let me go in there, and they put the hood over her face and didn't turn on the oxygen. And I watched my daughter's face turn purple. And I busted through the door, turned on the oxygen, and was about ready to just kill the nurse for not turning on the oxygen and putting an oxygen tent over a baby. Basically, you're going to suffocate the baby, okay? And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She seemed like she did it intentionally. I was so irate. They transferred her to Tacoma General Hospital, where I once worked. They were so awful. Another NIC intensive care unit. And what they kept doing in order to keep the baby in there was drawing blood from her. I mean, it was the worst experience ever. I worked at this pit. It was like a death hole. Doctors were incompetent. The nurses were incompetent. They didn't wash their hands. All the whole NICU was contaminated, probably to this day. All the lines were growing mold on them and stuff. I had to go up there and see my daughter and watch these filthy, arrogant, old, pompous people take care of these little kids. I'd never been in NICU. I mean, I worked in surgery. And I begged them to stop giving her morphine because they kept giving her morphine and saying, well, you know, her vitals are going down. Quit drugging her. Please quit drugging her and please quit taking blood from her. They kept drawing her blood. They kept drugging her. And it was just a horrible thing. Cheryl, after like 10 days, I said that if that baby doesn't come out of there on this day, I'm going in to get her commando style. And I meant it. And my wife knew I meant it. And she went in there and somehow got the baby away from these people. It was just the most awful. Right there, I knew that I needed to out of the medical field somehow. Some way.
1: When it comes to the major events or milestones in our lives, I'd like to hear a little bit about if anyone here has maybe changed their spiritual or religious beliefs.
4: Yes, I have. I've actually come to discover that there is definitely something beyond me, us. And it's a force behind everything. I can't put a label on it, but I know that there is a force watching over us. And all this chaos in the world with like what's going on with Syria and these Islam extremists and all the corruption from the new world order, that's all going to fall. I mean, you can't have violence like that in the world without it balancing out. So. I'm really optimistic about this. A lot of people are just terrified, and I'm just like, you know what? People are going to stand up. There's going to be a revolution. I think that once people become aware that, if they can become aware that there is something watching over us, and that we can be peaceful. Chris, can I ask
3: you what
1: you used to believe?
4: I don't really know. I've always believed that there is something beyond this life, that there is life beyond death because I'm very sensitive to spiritual energy, especially residual spiritual energy that's left in buildings or I can always feel if there's especially when I go into a really old building. Like my friend Glenn lives in a building in Brandon here that's over 100 years old and when I walked in there it was like a wave hit me and it was all these different feelings and energies just hitting me at once and it's really hard on me sometimes to go into places like that because I'm so sensitive to that kind of stuff. When I started getting those feelings as a child, I knew that there was life after death.
5: Chris, you tapped into some of our secret sauce here. Think about this. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, think about this. The more awake and aware we become, the more awake and aware I become, the more centered we become, the more centered I become. What happens?
4: Synchronicity.
5: Mm-hmm. Keep Ra- going. Uh, con- Oops, uh, what raising else?
4: consciousness, awareness. We become awake, enlightened.
5: When all hell breaks loose and I'm conscious of what my choices are, when chaos breaks loose and I'm conscious what my choices are, I can choose to be part of the chaos, or I can choose not to be part of the chaos. True? Yes. Is there value in remaining calm and centered? Oh, yeah. Anybody else? Yes. I think it's a balancing effect. The goal, the more awake and aware we become of our patterns and our themes... When something is thrown at us, when something's thrown at me that could unbalance me, if I'm more centered and aware of the fact that what's going on in Syria right now, yes, it's horrific. What's equally horrific is I might not take enough time today to properly give myself enough food and water so that I can be compassionate to myself and another person. If I'm not giving myself enough food and water, I might lash out at someone because I'm simply cranky because I don't have enough food and water. See where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah, I
1: get that way. (laughs) When I'm hungry,
3: oh, wants
2: to eat. I find that I feel mad sometimes about events that I can't control when I start looking at things like what we were previously talking about I think because of that, it's not that I don't acknowledge them or say they don't exist, but I make sure to make my life as good as I think it can possibly be so I can help those around me and maybe inevitably those people.
5: Bingo, bingo, bingo. Folks, Kareem, you've got it. One yeah. of the, my what folks, do I win? Kareem, you win self awareness. When mom and dad, brother or sister, aunt or uncle, the next door neighbor, a complete stranger in the grocery store is having a breakdown because of all of the chaos it's having around them. And you can just offer them a gentle handshake or a hug because you're centered. You know there's something going on because you're more awake and aware. You are aware of your patterns. You're aware of your timeline. That's huge in helping the world remain and get back to a more centered state. Yeah? Yeah. Breathe in for a moment now. As you think of the patterns that you're discovering as you do this timeline exercise, as you begin to breathe in an awareness of, wow, I see how I screwed myself up time and time again wow, I see how I actually got back in flow. When things seemed like I was rolling a stone up the hill, and I finally got to a point of like, I'm just too damn tired. I can't do this anymore. I see the patterns of how I make myself do things that I don't need to do. Ladies and gentlemen, that type of aha stuff to me is priceless. Marsha?
1: Yes, it is priceless being grounded being centered really keeps your focus on your purpose why am i here what do i want and how am I've, i going
2: to I've actually been seeing a pattern lately and it's a very clear pattern to me mhm what is it sometimes when i see a pattern of people feeling really good about something including myself i know i'm on the right path if i'm feeling good about it and other people are feeling it. not that that has to happen necessarily but if i can see a pattern of that i know i'm doing something i feel is worthwhile if not life purpose bingo
3: i feel both mad
1: and sad with what goes on the cruelty to animals what i hear that people have done or things that i have seen just like world events we
5: Get upset over things that people have been sharing on here. Cindy, you've got mm-hmm. a pattern that you allow a tragic story about something that nine out of ten you personally can't do anything about. And it makes you mad and sad. True? Well, actually, you can. You can... No, 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 uh, no. Uh, 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 uh. Let's get okay. focused, Cindy. Okay. When you read an article, about something that happened to an animal that's in another country or another state or another city, what can you, in this exact moment right now, do about it? You.
1: Nothing. Right. Because I'm not
3: able to see everything that has happened before it happens.
5: You can do something. You can choose to focus on how you're feeling. Right. Cindy, what I want to get across here is when we become aware of our pattern, if I become aware that a story in a newspaper makes me mad and now I'm in that anger energy and all of a sudden the rest of my day is screwed up because I'm in that anger energy and now I'm mad at other people and they don't even know why I'm mad at them, but I'm mad. Now that one article has impacted everybody else. Uh, That's an option I can choose not to do. Right. Focus. What you can do is think, okay, if I'm ever presented in a situation, this moment's giving me a teaching moment. If I'm ever in a situation and I'm in somebody's home and I see them do that to their pet, this is how I'm going to calmly respond. Right? Right. Ladies and gentlemen, our choice of how we feel is a divine gift. How are you using it? The point I'm trying to make here is as we get in touch with our patterns and themes that we're doing on our timeline, bring it home. Bring it home. Make it personal. And what I mean by that is, again, I can't solve world hunger by a magic wave of the wand. I mean, if I could, I would. If right now I could like bewitched, wiggle my nose and diddle, 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 and now everyone in the world has an ample abundance of food for the rest of their life, I would. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> but what I have figured out is how to take care of my own body so that I have the energy that I need to help other people next to me. And if that can ripple out, if each and every person does the same thing, then we do solve world hunger. This stuff is very overwhelming at times, ladies and gentlemen. And the goal of this chapter, this timeline, is where do we get thrown off balance? Okay. I so appreciate what you all are doing. And I know that this is difficult work. Marsha? As you have had a chance now to experience the the interest on the savings account, you've completed your timeline and you continue to add to it. But what can you offer team seekers as to the benefits of what you're finding after you've completed your timeline, at least the first round of it?
1: Well, the benefits that I am seeing when I keep adding to my timeline. I completed my timeline, but I'm still adding to it. So every time I'm experiencing something new, and many of them are relationships because I'm in the relationship business, really. Many of my relationships, I am starting to really add on more skills for myself. And the confidence level just skyrocketed. As I continue to actually look at my timeline, and I look at that and I say, I was so not mature, as mature as I am today. Because of my wisdom today, I'm telling you, (laughs) I know where I'm going. No matter what, there is nothing going to stop me, because this timeline shows me that I am capable of doing anything. When I want to. And I never
5: <laughs>
1: had that
5: before. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Which is the perfect segue into, as we wrap up, our next step for those who are ready for it, is we're going to plan our future. Marsha, when you did the last step, and that's the crystal ball, that's planning out the next 10 years, what was that like for you?
1: Oh, that was so exciting. <laughs> I was feeling so excited. My world felt so magical after that because, after having done the timeline and gone through the first four chapters, and finally, I have this space that says, "Fill it up, baby, with what you want." <laughs> it felt so wonderful to know that I can fill it the
5: way I want to fill it. Sweet. So that is our next step. For those, when you get to it, planning out, planning to be lucky. There's power in writing it down. There's power in looking at the timeline and going, okay, I know the following things are going to be happening. You might chart out different events like weddings or trips or vacations. You might chart out when you want promotions. You might chart out when you plan to take your business to the next level. By putting it on paper, you're sending out that signal. All right, I'm ready. Bring it on. (laughs) 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 Any ahas?
4: Well, I just know I finally feel like being a life coach is the right thing, and I finally found what I want to do all the stuff i'm learning and the people i'm getting to meet through doing the show and through your program it's just it's all going to work out and that's the coolest thing is i know that if i don't give up i'm going to get where i want to go so i've got that fire it's not going to burn out Woo-hoo! yep exactly
5: sweet sweet thank you
3: something that marsha just said spurred me into thinking about it on my timeline one of the places on my timeline i have a whole bunch of stuff piled into one place and it was right after rick got hit by lightning and like Marsha just said she knows by looking at her timeline too that she can do whatever she needs to do and she can get it done and by looking at my timeline in that time I needed to do things, and I did get them done. There's a lot of different jobs on there. There's a lot of different stuff that I did because I needed to. And when you need to, you got to buck up. And I had it in me, but I never knew that I did really. So that's one of the things that showed me.
5: Cheryl and I have been talking about how as these awarenesses come to a full, Cheryl, I mentioned how do you get a that wind is beginning to fill your sails.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I know there's a big bunch of change coming. I can feel it. Just like Marcia said, I can feel that something's stirring and that something good's going to happen. And from all of this work and everything, I know that I've become a lot more aware of different things within myself. And I think I'm going to buckle up and see what we can do with this wind that's going to fill sail. sails
0: time to close this class
3: what did you get
0: out of this show we truly want to know simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page after hearing so many people experience so many ahas i wonder are you ready to take this class yourself we start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go you're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seeker's team captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom.
1: Aloha!